Good morning, and welcome to Upward Vision. We're glad you've chosen to join us this morning. Upward Vision is a ministry of Sherwood Oaks Christian Church with locations in Bloomington and Bedford, Indiana. Now for today's message. What do you want this year, Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum? Nothing she answered, dear Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. But I knew that was a lie, Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. So now I'm in this line, Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum, Rum-pa-pum-pum, I am so dumb. Kids were great, right? And that includes Tim, for being honest. He's a big kid. Loved him, though. Um, so we last week we started a new series, and it's called Christmas Carols, because we're taking four weeks and we're looking at some of the original Christmas songs. And by that, all we mean are these are the songs that were sung about Jesus's birth at the time that it was actually taking place. Last week, Sean led us in examining Mary's song. And this week, we're going to look at a man named Zachariah and the song that he sings in preparation for Jesus um, and his birth. And so based on time, I'm just going to jump straight to his song, okay? Um, And I think the primary thing to understand going into this is that Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth have just had a little baby boy. Okay, and eight days after his birth, um, they gather with some friends and some relatives in the community for a circumcision ceremony. Poor guy, right? And so they're all gathered, and it's at this ceremony where this song takes place. Okay, and so this is all in Luke chapter 1. Um, we're kind of, we're going to jump around a lot, but the song itself starts with verse 67. And so that's where I'm going to start reading. It says, Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he gave this prophecy. He sang this prophetic song. He said, Praise the Lord the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so that we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, you will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way of the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, this morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us on the path to peace. 
So this song can be broken up into two sections. And the first section, which is the most important section, is verses 68 through 75. And the reason this section is first and the reason it's most important is because it's all about the holiness and reality of God. Okay, Zechariah starts the beginning of this song is all about how through God's grace and through God's Holy Spirit, Zechariah was able to recognize and surrender to who Jesus Christ actually is. And Zechariah did this at a party for his own son, right? Zechariah is at an event for his own kid and yet he puts his child aside and he talks about what should always be talked about first. Who is God? You see, Jesus wasn't even born yet. Jesus was still in Mary's belly, but by the grace of God, Zachariah knew who he was. He knew Jesus was God coming into our world. And so the beginning of his song is all about the proof of that fact. We don't have time to dive into all of it. I highly recommend go back and read this again. Ask God to reveal to you all that is here. But a couple real quick examples. First of all, he points out that God has to come to us. Look at verses 68 and 69 and you'll see the word sent. You'll see the word visited, right? God has to come to us. If God is truly God, he is the superior being. And in order for an inferior being to truly know a superior being, the superior being has to make the first move. They have to reveal themselves. And that's exactly what God does through Jesus. Jesus was God making the first move, coming to us. Another example is God is relational. The whole song technically is about that, but if you look at verses 72 and 73, you see the word covenant. And covenant is just a fancy way um, of talking about relationship. It just means relationship, but it's bigger than that. It's not just any relationship, it's faithful relationship. The fact that we are relational is probably our greatest attribute as humans. But if we're honest with ourselves, we're not very good at it. We're not very good with it, good at it, at least according to the standard that is written on our souls. And that's because we have nothing to do with the origin of relation, relationship. Only God does. Only God does. And so Zechariah could see that Jesus was God continuing to fulfill his perfection as a relational being by sending Jesus to us so that we can have guidance and help and a true path to real faithful relationship. Another example is God is the source of true goodness and life and therefore only God qualifies as a real savior. Verses 71, there's also 74 and 75, but if you notice in these verses, it talks about being saved and rescued from our enemies, but it doesn't focus on the destruction or avoidance of the enemies, which would be the human tendency. Instead, it's about true life for the oppressed. And as humans, the best we can do, left to our own devices as humans, maybe we don't realize this, but if you sit down and analyze it, you'll realize the best we can do is try to avoid pain, evil, death. But at the end of the day, we have no authority when it comes to actual life. Only God can speak to true life. And he does through Jesus 
Zechariah realizes it. That's why verses 74 and 75 refer to the opportunity we have through Jesus to have a life of no fear and instead a life of holiness and righteousness for eternity. Guys, those are just a few examples. Once again, I encourage you, go back and read this. Zechariah, the first half, he realizes who Jesus is. And it's the most important thing. That's why he sings about it first. The second part of the song starts in verse 76, when Zechariah starts singing to his own child about this ultimate truth, about this most important thing. Zechariah knows, once again, the most important thing is that we can personally know God. And so he turns to his son and he says, that is what is going to guide, shape, and totally transform your life. I have, some, I have some kids myself, and as a father, I personally love this because it's an example of good parenting. I don't get that on TV. This is a good example of parenting because you have a dad who knows what is most important. Knowing God, surrendering to him is most important. He knows that, and so he turns to his child and he says, forget all the other pursuits Forget all your selfish ambition and all your false purpose. The real meaning of life is going to be what guides you. He, he sings that confidently over his child. He says, you will be known by God. You will enter into a real authentic relationship with him. And then in his love, he is going to use you to do good things. Our world would be a much better place if more parents took that approach. Okay, and so Zachariah's song is, first and foremost, it is about knowing who Jesus Christ is and genuinely surrendering to him. But then on top of that, it's to want for our family and all of our loved ones, it's to want for them to be truly governed and transformed by that truth as well. And so how did that happen for Zachariah? I mean, is he just on a level of spiritual maturity that we can't touch, that we have no access to? Nope. Not at all. In fact, I'm going to close out with a very specific part of Zechariah's story. So Zechariah was a priest, and the Jewish people had not heard from God in over 400 years. Okay, so God's people, including Zechariah, in a way, they have been dealing with a really long period of silence within their relationship with God. And then in verse 8 through 10, Zechariah is selected as a priest who gets to go into the temple and he gets to burn incense to the Lord. And while Zechariah is in the temple, it says in verse 11 that an angel of God appears to him and he tells him that him and his wife Elizabeth are going to have a child and they are to name him John. The angel continues, he says, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. But in verse 18, you know how Zechariah responds? And this is where the story probably gets pretty relatable. He says, mm, God, how can I be sure of this? He looks this divine being in the eye and says, how can I be sure of this? And the angel responds, verses 19 and 20. The angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. You will not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. 
And so Zachariah was unable to talk for the entire pregnancy. In fact, when he bursts into song, that's the first time he has spoken in over nine months. It reveals what God was doing in his heart, huh? And so I wanted to close with this because we've all, I mean, this is the relatable part, right? We have all experienced periods of silence, right? Droughts in our relationship with God where honestly we question, is he even real? God, are you even there? But here's the thing, God always reveals himself. It doesn't matter how long the drought is. At some point, God will reveal himself. That's a testament to his character, okay, not us. But please realize that when God revealed himself to Zechariah, what was Zechariah's response? It was not one of faith, humility, and love. No, his response, on the contrary, was one of unbelief. It was unbelief, and the consequence for that was what? It was another period of silence. And so I guess I kinda, I wanna end by offering an encouragement and a challenge. The encouragement is this. If you're in a drought, okay, if you're in a time of silence within your relationship with God and you're really wrestling with him and you don't, maybe, you just, maybe you don't even think he's real, take hope. In fact, Bibles, the scripture says, take living hope in the fact that God will reach out to you. I say that confidently. God will reach out to you. He will try to reveal himself to you at some point. But here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. When God does reach out, please realize that you have the freedom to decline him. You have the freedom to reject him. Some of us might be in what seems like the 800th period of silence, but we're the inferior beings, my friends. We need to have the humility to examine the situation. And is this period of silence actually our fault? Could this period of silence, could this drought possibly be on us? Because what happens a lot of times is God does reveal himself to us. He does. But because of our unbelief, we try to suppress, we try to forget the experience, or we try to immerse ourselves in endless distraction, which culture is just waiting to feed us. But thankfully, God is the one who is love, not us. God is loving. God is good. He loves you and he wants you. And God will never stop reaching out. And so the next time he reaches out, I challenge you to consider the next time he reveals himself to you, are you going to respond in true faith? I hope so. I know God's at work in every single one of your hearts. I hope you respond. So we're gonna enter our time of communion and communion is where those of us who have responded to God and through the grace of Jesus, we have started our relationship with God. It's where we come together and we join Zachariah in his song. Our souls should be wanting to burst forth in song with him because we are celebrating the most important fact. And what was that? We know who Jesus Christ is. 
And so use this time to worship him and to thank him, but also ask during this time of communion, if you have a genuine relationship with Christ, ask him to help you with the second part of the song. Ask him to help you become a person, just like Zachariah wanted for his his son, want it for yourself, want to become a person that God can use in our communities and in our families to pave the way and help others genuinely encounter God. And if you're someone in here and you don't believe in Jesus, you've convinced yourself that Jesus is not God, I know at some point, and I'm hoping right now, he is trying to change your mind and he is trying to reveal to you who he actually is. He just needs you to respond. I ask, I hope, and I pray that you genuinely will. Don't suppress, ignore, or seek distraction. And just like Zachariah sings in the passage in verse 77, find salvation here this morning through repenting of your sins and experiencing true forgiveness from Jesus Christ. If that's you and you're ready to start a relationship with God, please use this time, pray to him, surrender to him and repent of all the ways you know you've rejected him and you've shut him out and you've quenched his voice. Repent of those things during this time and then please come, I'll be up front, come talk to me after the song or after the service. And so let's take communion together and may the spirit remind us who God truly is. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this group of people. God, you intended for each one of them to be your children, but at the root of true love is choice. And it's crazy to think about, but we actually have the ability to decline you. God, I pray that's not the case for any soul in here. May we know the true satisfaction of a real relationship with the one true God that happens through Jesus. Open every every eye in here, God. Free our minds, soften our hearts. Allow us to see who Jesus truly is and then help us worship and praise that. Jesus, equip us to be true vessels of light in our communities this week. And if someone knows who you are, but they want to reject you, they wanna turn you down a little bit longer, God, reach out to them again. God, we just praise you through the grace of Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal to every soul who Jesus Christ truly is. I pray this in his name, amen. We are so thankful that you joined us this morning on this special morning. I do want to take a minute, if you are here and you are part of the musical, could you stand up so we could give you a proper round of applause? I know there's a few of you here, Grayson, calling you out. You all were absolutely fantastic and we are just so thankful that you stuck it out during this strange time to make it all work. So thank you so much. And I uh, need to take another moment to say a special thanks to the media team. Uh, Especially, I just want to name some names here real quick. Matt leads that team up there. Matt Limbrick, Tim Bedwell, Evan, Noah, Olivia, and Lennon. All amazing. But I'm going to take a moment and make Ken Grile leave his camera spot and come up here on stage. Ken, come on. I know you don't want to, but do it. Guys, when we had this 
this musical, at first when I went to the guys and said, I want to do the Christmas musical, they said, Maggie, it's 2020, we're not doing anything. And then they said, okay, we'll get behind us, we'll, we'll do this. And Ken, um, he made the whole thing come to life. And he put hours and hours and hours into this post-production and to planning. He was patient with me, and he was patient with the kids, and I know his wife and kids were patient with uh, him for being gone so much and putting so much time. So we cannot put into words how thankful we are for what you do for this church and for God's kingdom. So just a little something from all of us. So thanks again for being here, and I will pray, and we will go about our week. Father God, we are so thankful for just the many people here at church, the kids and the staff and the congregation, all that come together to um, just give you glory, God. You just truly are amazing, and you are full of grace and peace and comfort for us. And God, I just pray that as we go out this week, we would all be able to keep a little bit of the joy that those kids uh, shared this morning, that we would take that with us this week, that we would focus on you. I pray, God, that you would keep us healthy and safe as we go about this week to do your kingdom work. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Have a great week. Hey, wasn't that a great musical? Can you believe how they put that together? Yeah, that was that was amazing. Shout out to, to Ken and and our media team for for putting that together. And uh, man, that that was amazing. Yeah, it had to be hours and hours of taping. They did stuff outside. They did stuff here on the stage. Oh yeah. And then uh, Matt was telling me it was over 35 hours of post production editing that they did. Ken did a lot of that, but. Imagine all the pieces that had to go together to make that work. It's a lot of stuff, and, and, and we're just the, be, the beneficiary of that, of watching that and, and seeing that and um, experiencing that. Hopefully, you know, some of you were here live and some of you uh, were at home. Hopefully, you know, you're just drinking some coffee and, and everything, uh, enjoying uh, the musical and, and the, the mini-sermon that Ben gave. Um, man, Ben did a great job uh, just talking about God in the silence, uh, God in the, in the shutout times. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I just think about this year, this kind of crazy year, and, and we are so much more isolated than, than most years. And maybe you've been the most isolated you've ever been. I, you know, I've heard different stories from different people and, you know, just trying to check in on people. But it's such an encouragement to know like God is there and, and we have to take the posture uh, of, of seeking his voice, of, of seeking who he is and, and uh, the relationship that we can have with him. And, um, you know, in my own life and in my own time this year, like my posture is just has been different. You know, because because of the the nature of this year, because of the nature of of how isolated we can be, um, it, it's just changed things for sure. I don't, I don't know about for you if what you've experienced is a similar, but the posture that you take towards God for me is different this year. Yeah, well, I've I've been told that I'm a an extroverted kind of social person. Yeah, and truth you? is, with all of the uh, the travel and the relationships that my job typically brings to it with uh, our mission partners and trying to know them and love on them and be with them. Uh, this year, uh, what, five, five trips were canceled and um, I've been grounded for a lot longer than normal. Yeah. And it's forced me to find a different connection. And I have to admit, uh, the silence or the inability to relate and to even 
find my relationship with God enriched by the people who I interact with. Uh, not being able to do that has has had an impact on how uh, how closely I'm relating to God. I have to be careful, and then you know finding that relationship in the silence. Yeah, um, it's a whole it's a different dynamic. It's a different dynamic. So I uh, I meet those people who can find purpose and meaning during the waiting times. And we all face the waiting times. Yes. As my son said, God's backdrop is eternity. So even our lives are just a little blip on the screen. But between the time we ask for something and we receive it, or when we're seeking direction and we don't have it, those are the times when I think God wants to enrich our trust and faith and our relationship with Him. But it's really sometimes, well, often for me, difficult yeah. to dive in that deeply to my friendship with him and get it um, get it right yeah so yeah and I feel like no matter where you're at no matter what you're going through this year uh, not to minimize what you're going through like God, God cares about what you're going through and God wants a relationship with you through what you're going through but ultimately God knows what he's doing and we have the opportunity to take a posture of loving him, loving those around us, and a posture of finding joy and choosing joy uh, because it is a choice. It is something that we sometimes have to have a mindset of like, I choose to do this. I choose to do that to, to set us up for success, really. Like, I have to give a shout out to my adult kids in the ways that during the times that they've had to wait on direction or wait on the next job or, or wait on a baby, um, that they have shown me what it means to wait with faith. Yeah. To keep hold of that. So I'd like to say a prayer for us on our way out today. Sounds good. Uh, we've had a great Sunday. It's been awesome. And um, I just want to thank God for that. Let's yeah. pray. Father, we know that you love us. Um, we know that you understand our humanity and that we get impatient and we get tired and sometimes we're drawn away during waiting times and uh, distracted to other things that are of less importance, really. So um, please receive our confession to you that we, one, that we need you, that we want to have a deeper friendship and relationship and knowledge of you. Um, Thank you for being patient with us. And please, uh, this season, show us a different view of who you are, a different uh, understanding, a deeper understanding of you and your love for us, and then allow us to love others uh, in that same way. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been Upward Vision, a ministry of Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. With locations on the east and west sides of Bloomington and in Bedford, Sherwood Oaks has a worship service to meet your needs. To receive a free copy of today's message or for more information about any of our locations and service times, go to socc.org messages. Thanks for joining us. Continue to look to God this week as you maintain the upward vision.